Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you, I am Steve Dace. Coming up on today's show, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be joining us a little bit later on today. Also, later in this hour, we will begin one of our most favorite segments each week, buy, sell, or hold. And this is where you, the audience, gets to take over uh, the talking points and agendas that we discuss here on the program. But before we get there, let's get right to it. Here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Nothing to See Here. A CIA whistleblower has come forward to Congress claiming that the intelligence agency offered monetary rewards to analysts to change their opinion about the origins of COVID. The whistleblower claims the CIA had formulated a panel of scientific experts to research and come to a conclusion about the origins of the pandemic. When the vast majority of the panel deduced that it originated in that Wuhan lab, the whistleblower claims the CIA then offered money to those experts to change their opinion and say that they weren't sure. Nothing to see here. Anyway, here's some aliens in Mexico. The Mexican government were presented by some ufologists what they say are mummified extraterrestrial remains they found somewhere and won't allow more than a handful of people access to the dig site. Moving on, the same day that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, Florida Congressman Matt Gates says he's tempted to bring about a vote to vacate the Speaker's chair. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you pursuant to a motion to vacate the chair. Texas Congressman Chip Roy echoed some of Gates's concerns. The fact of the matter is, let's be very clear, um, we talked about reducing spending. That was a part of the agreement. We all know that and we talked about it publicly and we haven't done that. Period. Full stop. We haven't done what we agreed to do. We talked about pass passing a balanced budget. We talked about actually passing a budget. We haven't done that, right? We talked about having uh, term limits, bringing a bill to the floor. We haven't done that. So that's what Matt was getting at. And the point here is, you know, we can go back and talk about the agreement, but the point here is the American people and the people suffering at home expect us to do our job. That's the point that we're dealing with here in September. Ron DeSantis tells CBS News that age absolutely should be a factor in determining who should be president. Should voters worry about the ages of President Biden and former President Donald Trump? I think that's absolutely legitimate concern. And the presidency's not a job for someone that's 80 years old, and there's nothing, you know, wrong with being 80. Obviously, I'm the governor of Florida. I know a lot of people who are elderly. They're great people, but you're talking about a job where you need to give it 100%. You need, we need an energetic president. And I think that if the founders could, could kind of look at this again, I do think they probably would have put an age limit uh, on some of these offices. I mean, it seems like our leadership class now in Washington, uh, 75, 80, 80 plus years old is, is where those folks are. And I think that I think Americans, if we if, if Biden's the Democrat nominee, I'm the Republican nominee. I think there's gonna be a lot of Americans that are going to want to see a generational passing of the torch. U.S. Border Patrol says 146 suspected terrorists or those on the terror watch list have been encountered this year alone at the nation's southern border. Back in 2019, that number was zero. New York Congressman Dan Goldman, your thoughts. Do you not think that the migrant crisis or the southern border situation is at all a security threat to New Yorkers? 
I don't think it's any more of a security threat to New Yorkers uh, than domestic violent extremism. And finally, this. I put some lube on and got him on his knees. And I began to slide into him from behind. I pulled out of him and kissed him while he masturbated. He asked me to turn over while he slipped a condom on himself. This was my ass, and I was struggling to imagine someone inside me. He got on top and slowly inserted himself into me. It was the worst pain I think I have ever felt in my life. Eventually, I felt a mix of pleasure with the pain. And that's what happened while we were away. That video from our buddy Tim Young putting the the masterpiece theater motif to Senator Kennedy reading that yesterday. You can go watch the whole thing. I think Aaron probably didn't put the second half out in there because there would have been too many bleeps, just too labor intensive at that point. Um, but that might be the greatest. I saw that on Twitter this morning. That that might be the greatest tweet of all time. I'm so so pissed at Tim because I had a similar idea yesterday afternoon. I and I was so pissed when I saw he did this. He beat me to this. That I went ahead and did my own version this morning. And then I, like ten minutes before the show, I saw his. And I'm like, I'm basically just copying him. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use mine. Well, great minds think alike. But it's a demonic laugh track. That's that's basically what we are as a people at this point. We are we are a demonic laugh track, and that that video, the the use of venerable um, dressing, and it's accompanied by such just outright guttural filth, as it is being read aloud in the U.S. Senate because this is now the stuff of serious policy discussion. I mean, that's an encapsulation of, of, of this country in its current state. We, we, are, we are merely a demonic laugh track. That's one of the reasons why people are looking for resources of where to go. In a world where truth has been turned upside down, marriages are falling apart, the Christian values that used to hold this country together getting thrown out the window. That's why you want to check out the podcast Refocus with Jim Daly over at Focus on the Family, an organization that's been around for over 40 years. Jim has been the president there for almost 20. It's a great resource that reaches millions of people and helps them share and understand and know God's truth. So check out the Refocus podcast with Jim Daly. It's on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Refocus with Jim Daly. So if I understand this correctly, Mexico has gone from sending us the aliens to finding some. Is that, that's the story this morning? We're all, we're all just the Truman Show now, man. <laughs> Honestly. But it, right before that too with the CIA, they're just, they're writing got, scripts I, for I, us I, and that's it. I, I got called a CIA asset on, on Twitter yesterday. It must be primary season. Anyway, finish your point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, but really, they, it's a, it's, it's a, it is, it's a show. There's, and that's not rhetorical flourish. The CAA is writing scripts and paying its cast members to just read the script. Do you see, did you see how terrible? I mean, you would think with, with today's animatronics. Aliens. Yeah. I mean, that's, holographic technology, VR. I mean, I don't, I don't know that audiences in the 60s no. would have gone for that. But they in give, this day and age, you've got to give us a little bit something no, more than that, don't the you? Lie, no, not when the lie is the point. Just look, believe. I mean, that looks like some middle schoolers paper mache art school, you know, or, or art class project. As it's Jordan, not even that good. As our friend, independent journalist uh, Jordan Schachtel pointed out, uh, why do all of these ETs look like ET? We're like losing <laughs> our creativity here, guys. I, I just, I saw that this morning. And this was like in the Mexican version of Congress, right? Yes. They brought these bodies out from like Hangar 18. Do you remember where that was? That's the infamous hangar at, uh, at Area 51. Where the, so the Roswell. has a number two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the, the alleged hangar at Area 51 where the, the Roswell uh, incident with the flying saucer from 1947 and the aliens they're being kept in hangar 18 within area 51. That's uh, you, some yeah. UFO lore for you. Turns out though, they're not there a little further South of the border in Guadalupe. That's, that's where they are. Mexicans, we- me, or, or, or the, uh, the aliens went on a, on a taco run. You know, they wanted to get real margaritas. All right. They, they wanted some real Corona. All right with a worm at the bottom. They, they, they wanted the real thing. And they just said, wait a minute, we landed in New Mexico. We meant to land in Mexico, right? And so they, they, they got it right the second time around. We've yes. all seen that scene before. It stars Christopher Guest uh, and Rob Reiner. In fact, it says, see, see our new amp, Oz goes up to 11. It's like, why didn't you just make it louder and go up to 10? No, but Oz goes up to 11. That's the exact same scene. It, it, that's the... That just looks like a small miniature version of E.T. No, but Oscar's at 211. It's the same script. It's good to see that our Congress isn't the only one in the world that's a joke, or even in this own hemisphere. That, that's the Mexican Congress as they literally put out some paper mache uh, done by school kids and, and said, Behold your alien deliverers. See, this is why I thanked you privately, but I now I want to thank you publicly. Like maybe like 20, 25 minutes ago, somebody, I don't know, maybe you knew who that person was, but said like, the American people are tired of the theater. Oh, and Congressman like, Scott Perry, yeah. who's running the House Freedom Caucus. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. said, hey, the American people are tired of politicians who who can't yeah. say one thing on the campaign trail at home and come to Washington and do and do uh, do another thing. They're tired of that theater. Yes. Because if they really were, after we just saw from Kennedy there... If they really were, we would honestly, the public schools would be shut down immediately. And we'd, we'd do a full, as your, our, your former friend, and I used to, he used to love this term, Jonathan Narciss used to say, we will do a full forensic audit. Yes. I, no one's, everybody's just moving on after that. I mean, we, we just went through an election. There was an election like last year, right? And since Scott's a member of Congress, he would have been up 
for yeah. re-election. Yeah. So he would be aware of said event, right? We, we just had an election last year that the polls all told us this was the most collectively disgruntled electorate in modern times. Everybody's angry. Everybody's upset. And this was coming off of, well, last year would have been two years. Two years of hell government put us through on every level because of COVID. We held that election. I traveled to Dallas for election night coverage. I, I brought the Tiger Woods red shirt. I ordered the tubbo corn, which frankly, I probably would have ordered anyway. But in this case, it had significance. Um, I just, I was here. I was here to just watch the red. We weren't going to have a red wave. We were going to have a red wedding, man. And I was just here to watch the carnage. It was going to look like the blood scene and in, in the shining. I mean, the, the, I mean, the system was just that elevator corridor and the blood from the voters, just the door opens and just floods in like a classic shot from Kubrick himself. We were all convinced of it. Remember the mood I was in when I left the day before the election to fly down to Dallas. I do. And I mean, I was just, I mean, I was, I was walking on, I, dude, I was Katrina in the waves, man. I was walking on sunshine. I mean, I, I, I couldn't wait. I, I, it was like Christmas Eve when you were a kid and waiting for the family to get there. So you can start opening up some presents or Christmas, the night before Christmas and going to sleep before Santa comes. I could not wait, man. I could not wait. I was so excited. You I love, was so excited. You love a good reckoning. I do. And I thought we were going to get it. I mean, I did. I absolutely believed it. Okay. And, and I just, I can't lie at all. I can't. And I went in there, man, and I was so fired up. We were about an hour into it, and I'm watching the returns, and I'm looking at the breakdown of the electorate and the turnout. And all this emotion that I had, because I, because I was emotionally invested in this outcome, and I'm not just looking at it now analytically. I'm emotionally invested. I, I want to see this. You could feel your energy. Yes, I could. <laughs> Well, all that energy has got to go someplace else when it's not going to be satiated. And let's just say by the end of that, I thought Glenn wanted to have me hung. All right. Because I was like black pilled, raising black flags. And the next thing you know, Michael Malice and Jason Whitlock are about to kill each other. (laughs) I mean, that night wrecked me. I still haven't recovered from that night. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever recover because here's why. The people are fed up, Steve. See, kidding aside, embellishment aside. Well, on this show, embellishment is never set aside. All right. Somewhat dialed down. Okay. In all seriousness, here's why. If there was ever an election to justify ever. The typical midterm election with the party out of power. And everybody in the middle is like, you guys went way too far one way or the other. We've seen this a million times where the Republicans or Democrats are in charge. We've seen this play out a million times. If there was ever an election to justify that, ever one. I mean, go back and look at the stuff that we were talking about in 1994 with the Clintons. It sounds trite compared to the stuff we were talking about last year. If there was ever an election for, for the lazy electorate just to roll out the silent majority, to roll out and say, yet, like Commodus, thumb down, and that's it. Someone's life ends right there in the arena the minute the thumb hits the reverse. If there was ever an election for that to happen, man, it was this one. Did that happen? 
Did not. Didn't happen. Not, not a single meaningful incumbent lost in America. It was, it was, it was statistically one of the most pro-incumbent midterms we had ever had. Are we in the midst of some Pax Romana that I'm not aware of? No. No. And if we're at the point now that you cannot count on the electorate to hold the system accountable, then I don't know where we go because we certainly know the Republicans aren't going to do it. <laughs> All right. You know, and, and, and here we are. So this idea that there's just this mass amount of disgruntled people. I mean, the same polls that show us 75% of Americans don't want another Biden-Trump election. The same polls that show us that. The exact same polls from the exact same companies tell us that, uh, well, it's a 99% chance that's the election you're going to get. Okay. You know, I mean... I, I think, by and large, the American people have given up. Well, and we spent a lot of time ripping on the boomers on one side and then Aaron's millennials on the other. But when it comes to who's guilty the most of what you're talking about, Steve, it's our generation. It's Generation X. We are soft. We don't we see these geriatrics not willing to move on. We don't want to grab the baton. No, we won't push them out. I agree. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, we're the. We're the uh, nobody cares generation. We're the grunge generation. That's why I've, I've said, don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, the boomer generation wrecked this country. Yes. Very good chance, irrevocably so, and it won't recover. Uh, it's a, I mean, the, the, the fault lines that were opened in the boomer years from, um, we went, we, we essentially just went from racist, a racist country in the previous generation to a racialist one. The sexual revolution, we went from, you know, uh, we, we went from, uh, you know, a, a, a country that maybe um, undervalued the need for intimacy and sex and marriage to a sexual revolution. We just, we went to every extreme imaginable and, and opened up fault lines that are without divine intervention. We, we aren't capable of healing those rifts. Th- those are, in many other cases, historically, when those sorts of first things are fundamentals, when, when, when those things are moved, those are irrevocable movements. Um, but I have said all along, I am not exactly, I, I have no idea how our generation will do in charge, but I'm not all that confident because of the generation that raised them. And much of what I see from our generation is sort of a resignation uh, passivity. It doesn't care. Now, that at times I think is beneficial when it's mobilized, meaning that that whole I don't care thing, if it's mobilized, then also helps you to not care when you get called names. You know what I'm trying to say? But, I mean, we're the grunge generation. I mean, I'm, we're the ones raising all those kids in the suburbs right now and not really paying attention. That's our generation. Yeah. Now, some of that, I think, is just fed by the idea that boomers will never die. They will be propped up beside the, ju- the jukebox afterwards. They will weekend at Bernie's this thing. That, that, and it does almost, you know, there is a such thing in the Bible as generational curses. 
it, there is a part of me that is heavily sympathetic to the idea that 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 is a cursed generation for what it did um, for its level of rebellion against the laws of nature and nature's God. And therefore, the most just outcome would be to let them finish what they started and finish us off. Any examples of that happening in the Bible? A few. Plentiful examples, as a matter of fact. Any examples of, of, of cultures having revival when they come to the brink that ours is at? Much rarer. Happens much more rare. What's much more plentiful is we just let that generation go ahead and play itself out. And we'll see on the other side of the history book. That's usually what occurs. And I'm sympathetic to the notion that that's, that's the path that we're heading on now. But I don't know that. And I'm not God and I don't know the future. And, you know, my job is to, you know, and that if you're a believer, that's your, this is your job too, is to occupy until he returns. And our job is to be faithful our job is to oppose evil. Our job is to declare truth regardless of what the larger narrative is. Because the larger narrative for us, remember, is that this world is not our home. And while we would all be extremely, particularly those of us with kids we're about to send off into the world, and in some cases have, and with grandkids now on the way, we would be extremely disappointed if this is the end of the American section of your history book. But would God be unjustified in deeming it so? No. No. So whether the Lord taketh or Lord giveth, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because it would not be unjustified at all. If anything, we could argue that he has been more than patient the other way. Indeed. Aaron, what do you think as someone that is not a boomer or a Gen Xer? Uh, I'm finally, I'm glad finally somebody is ripping on somebody other than my generation. Uh, thank you, Todd. Um, but no, it's, it's largely, it's largely true. I mean, I, I made the pa passing comment, it was either Monday or Tuesday, that as Todd has alluded to before, 40 years in the desert was an act of mercy It would be an act of mercy for sure for, for this country. I mean, they had parted the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They saw that. They saw miracles. They saw their capt captors be destroyed. They saw that with their own eyes. And they were so quick, so quick to then doubt again. We've seen... I don't want to say similar things, but we've, 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 we've seen the greatest experiment in human history of freedom and liberty, and we've just let that slip away. We deserve a lot worse than 40 years in the desert, but that seems like either we're embarking upon that or we're at the end of that, and I oscillate we're coming to the end of that. I oscillate between the two things uh, almost on a daily basis. But this concept of a generational curse, and again, we have to give the, the caveat that, you know, if this doesn't apply to you, if you're a boomer, if you're a Gen Xer, and you're going balls to the walls to try to, 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 try to conserve and preserve 
what left, what, you know, what's left of America for your children and grandchildren. We're not talking about you. Okay. We always have to give that caveat, but, um, yeah, we, zoomers are the new target du jour. That seems to be the, the new, uh, new target du jour for, for everyone, including my generation. We like to pick on zoomers. Well, they were born and raised by Gen Xers, largely. Millennials by the boomers. So nobody, nobody it comes out scot-free here. Nobody. And I think maybe a new motto of the show should be, it's just Romans 1, or it's just time of the judges, bro. Something like that. Because I think that is what we are, what we are seeing, at least in part here, is this concept of a, of a generational curse. Let me give you three examples. Two of them are in your montage of what we're talking about. And the third, I just had someone send this to me on Twitter. Uh, Sebastian Gorka talking about Anthony Fauci now admitting that the vaccine, the COVID vaccines cause myocarditis. When is Sebastian Gorka going to ask Trump to admit this? Anybody? Matt Gates. Completely agree with what Matt. I, I agree with every word Matt Gates said about McCarthy on the floor today. I agreed and celebrated with everything Matt Gates did back in January to stop McCarthy from being speaker. Who, who, what's the reason McCarthy's speaker? Who's the reason McCarthy's speaker today? Trump. Remember that clip of MT of Marjorie Taylor Greene handing her cell phone to Gates and to <laughs> Boebert. Remember that that that. That picture we saw on the House floor when they were opposing him, and you can see on her phone, it says uh, uh, DT is who's calling or who was on the phone, okay? Daddy's calling. You better come correct. So Gates, Gates thinks the speaker, third in line to the presidency, is such a colossal failure that he's contemplating a motion to vacate the chair to have him expunged. But the guy that's the reason that he's the pre- that he's there has no no accountability, none at all. He, it, it, he has no role to play in the process at all. Total cognitive dissonance. John Kennedy sounds great. I mean, John Kennedy is the is the is the personification of the Fox News era. He is loved by so many people because he's good with a soundbite. He is nowhere to be found, though, in any meaningful fight. I promise you. Can't remember a time, ever. Can't remember a time we had any meaningful fight that you could count on Senator John Kennedy from the renowned blue state of Louisiana. We're, we're just... I, I had another conservative host text me yesterday asking me, why don't Democrats have these problems? Here's how I responded to this person. Unlike us, they really believe in their religion. That's why. Unlike us, they really believe in their religion. So, we're going to have more days like this until we start believing in ours sincerely they're making plans to conquest weird plotting out how can I maintain my audience my subscriber base 
my polls, um, my following, my payroll. I'm not saying those things are not important. But they have those considerations have no chance up against a force of will in opposition to you that has true and sincere conviction. And so instead, what we're going to get is for the next few months, we're going to get a show called Impeachment. And much of conservative media is going to eat this up. And it, it has no chance to go anywhere in the Senate, which is exactly why Kevin McCarthy's going to do it. And this is the offering. So you could get your, your, your political porn on Fox News while he's going to be over here funding every weaponization of government. Funding the government that's allowing an invasion of you and in your borders. He'll be over here literally screwing you. Literally screwing you. But you'll be satisfied with the political porn you'll get on all your, your big uh, media outlets and Fox News here for the next few months. And that'll all be done precisely because it will go nowhere. So we'll just keep doing this over and over and over again. Nothing will change until we do. Don't be limited by restrictive networks when it comes to choosing the healthcare providers and treatments that are right for you. There is another way. It's called Samaritan Ministries. They connect hundreds of thousands of believers across the nation who help to pay one another's medical bills, all without the use of insurance. And consider this as a medical emergency arises. You don't have to check and see what hospital is in your network or be concerned about the emergency room doctor being in network two. You go to the hospital, you choose. And don't give a second thought as to what's in network and what's not. Because with Samaritan Ministries, you're in control of your health care. After receiving care, send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they'll notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay those bills. And when another member has a medical need, you'll do the same for them. That's what biblical health care sharing looks like. And you can check it out today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. Without further ado, let's get to it. This week's buy, sell, or hold Aaron is loaded for bear. With a little help from his friends, you in the audience, you have determined the things we'll be discussing about uh, here for the next hour or so on the show. No topic is off limits. If for any reason, however, you decide to use your hold, then you have punked out. You have shown yourself to be an effeminate weakling. And as a result you will have to find out firsthand whether or not Tim Scott's girlfriend that goes to another school is really named Lindsay. Todd, you ready to go? 
that's actually put a little spring in my step. That's like the best you're Lindsay consider, one ever. You're I like considering that. it hold this week because you want to know yourself. Worlds You've got to know yourself. Yes. All right, let's go. We will start with Judiana. At least three governors, Reynolds, Sununu, and Kemp, will all endorse Ron DeSantis in the next 14 weeks. Sure. Bye. Um, so 14 weeks is... Three and a half months. Is that what that is? Yeah, you're right. About three and a half months. Um... Okay, I'll buy. I don't. The, I, I'm, I know the first two. Well, I shouldn't say I know. I think the first two want to. Um. And they have their. They have different reasons. Um. I think Kim Reynolds, as, as a governor, has, has. I mean, her handling of COVID and Johnson News could not have been any different. Okay. Um. And she's pro-life, actually. So, I, I think Sununu is just another you know, establishment rhino who his issues with Trump would be the things about him that we actually like. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I think in Kim's case, I think it is, um, and I'll just tell you, I mean, I, prior to this caucus cycle, I heard nothing at all that the Reynolds administration had any issues with president Trump or really nothing heard nothing she spoke fondly about him and yeah. what he accomplished when she could that's that's what makes this entire episode of him provoking her to come out against him just a completely one-sided affair I, it you know but um sununu is a different story uh, but kim i think just has a genuine admiration for and 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 um i think they're you know, simpaticos, her and Ron are. I think that's that's a different consideration than what John Sanuto's thinking of. It, it's Brian Kemp I'm unsure of because I I think that guys like Kemp and Yunkin, remember Yunkin is term limited. He can't run again. You can't serve more than one term concurrently in Virginia. Um, I think guys like Kemp and Yunkin are kind of hovering around and kind of hoping that DeSantis just completely implodes and maybe they could kind of swoop in late and be the Trump alternative in the race. He's the one that I'm not sure about. But if DeSantis were to get both of those endorsements and win Iowa and New Hampshire, then I think it would be, I think it's all three or none of the three, I guess is what I'm trying to hmm. say. But okay, I'll buy. Next, Vince, best sitcom that didn't get the credit it deserves, according to Jim. That's what Jim Belushi. Never idea. Never watched an episode. Yeah, I'm not sure I even knew that was on. I remember when he was the husband and Grace under fire, there was another Jim Belushi sitcom. I was completely underaware of that. By the way, is that the first Grace under fire reference in the history of this show? I believe it might be. I can't even remember Grace. I remember the title. I don't know. Who was Grace? She was a female comedian, kind of an Irma Bombeck kind of female comedian in the 80s and 90s. Got her own sitcom for a few years. Not coming to me. It was called Grace under fire. And I think Jim Belushi played her husband, if I remember right. They were trying to kind of, you know, create another Roseanne kind of a phenomenon over on ABC. I remember watching a few episodes of According to Jim. It seemed to be a pretty clean, you know, funny, lighthearted show. I didn't even know it existed. I mean, I had absolutely no idea. I'll tell you what the most underrated sitcom of all time is. Family Ties. Underrated? Yeah, one of my all-time favorite I don't shows. Think family Ties never, is underrated. Never, get, never gets talked about. 
Oh. It never gets talked about, man. Never. It's because it was on in the 80s. I, I, so? We, we talk about other stuff that was on in the 80s? Well, I mean, probably too much. Okay. He said nostalgia kills you. Sean Griffiths says ketchup is gross. It's basically just tomato syrup. No, that's... So. Dude, yeah, if, you, if you... The entire American diet is just different flavored syrups. With as much sugar as we put into, like, everything... So you have to toss the whole thing out. The entire American diet is basically it's variations it's of high fructose corn syrup. It's true, though. It really is. Uh, yeah, ketchup is not gross. Maybe different no. different consistencies of, of the syrup, but it's still syrup. I, I continue to get people that agree with me about ketchup on your eggs. Continue to agree with me on that, by the way. People continue to disagree as well. But yeah. this is going too far. Ketchup on fries, you know, ketchup is, it's it's good stuff. There is a, there, can't, Michael... What's his name? He wrote Omnivore's Dilemma and some other books, but like they've actually done DNA or level dietary analysis and that because of high fructose corn syrup, there is more corn byproduct in Americans than in native Mexicans who eat, you know, regular Mm -hmm. actual whole corn just because of all the corn syrup that we have. Really? Yeah. Okay. There you go. We're doing great here. Uh, Weston Kamathi says... <laughs> they, even got, they even brought their aliens out first. Yeah. Uh, Weston Kamathi says, in light of Aaron Rodgers' season-ending Achilles rupture on Monday night, buy, sell, or hold in the next five years, the NFL will implement a rule similar to two-hand touch that will only apply for defenders going after the quarterback. <laughs> I don't think Just that'll happen. Sell, but I like... I mean, right now, all of the... Lem- about the turf and the whining and the complaining. Like, Aaron Rodgers is 40 years old. He was actually my quarterback for a long time. But every all you man bros out there, like, I have sports depression today. This was going to be like, show me on the doll where Aaron Rodgers' Achilles heel injury hurts you. Can you guys grow up? It's like... We really there. There's going to be people picketing on the streets to make sure grown men get to play on grass, so they get their parleys right. Then the porn in the schools. I'm so sick of it. I couldn't tell. That being said, I was pretty devastated watching that Monday night, and I'm not even a Jets fan. I don't care. And aside from him poking the bear on COVID and doing interviews with Pat McAfee with. Uh, um, Ayn Rand books behind him. Not much of an Aaron Rodgers fan. Got my ass kicked from him for 15 years in the in the NFC North. But just as a Lions fan, man, that kind of just cursing. You finally got your guy and everything else, and then he comes out four minutes into the first game and blows out an Achilles. I I mean, I just inwardly, it's a little bit like when you watch another guy get kicked in the Manleys unfairly or undeservedly you kind of feel it instinctively as another guy right you know what i'm trying to say you kind of feel it a little bit you kind of reach down there or cross your legs and you're kind of like Ugh. you kind of have empathy you know you know owies in response or you know willies you know what i'm you know you know what i mean right i do but okay. you know what i saw on 9 11 i saw an idol get smashed that's what i saw okay but that's how I felt because I, I, I didn't see that because you're just a better person than me. But, <laughs> but that's I, what I saw as a Lions fan was the equivalent of getting kicked in the in the jimmy unfairly. And I felt bad. I mean, I was devastated watching it live. I was like, man, I really feel bad for these people. As I get older, I, I just have developed a lot more of a soft spot for moribund struggling fan bases. Now, 
as long as we all recognize the truth. Ain't none of y'all as moribund or struggling as we are, all right? We have one playoff win since before my mom was born, and she's 65 years old. And that happened my senior year in high school, which was 30 years ago. We have the longest ongoing division title drought in American team sports. So no, I don't want to hear... You know, the, 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 I, don't, I, I don't want to hear from the guy from Hollywood for Freedom who came in here last week with his Miami Dolphins uniform on. He was still, he was actually alive to see his team in Super Bowls. I don't want to hear it. No. I don't hear from Vikings How fan. did we turn this okay. into a Detroit Lions I lament? I'm almost ready to watch the Lions win the Super Bowls so we can just end this. Move on. Po-boying from Steve. <laughs> it's not, dude, it's, I wish it was po-boying. It's, it's a tragic legacy. Is what it is. It's a tragic legacy. A 40-year-old guy got hurt. That's what happens. It's the first game of the year, though, man. You're so pumped up. You're psyched up. I get it. I totally get it. I, 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 I If you are a Jets fan, brother, I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm feeling you. I, I know what it's like. I get it. Okay. Let's move on. Bruce Jenner's uterus says Steve finally follows his own advice and joins a militia after the 2024 election. Huh. I mean, what's honestly, a militia? I, yeah, well, yeah, let's define that. What do we mean by that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm down, but what is it like? Like right now, is that, is it, did a militia just show up in New Mexico? Is that what that was informally? You said, I mean, people showed up to the town square there and said, openly carrying and said, yeah, we're not doing this. Does that qualify? I think it's an organized group of armed individuals outside the direct purview of the government. I got to share this really quick, by the way. This account on Twitter, DC Drano, just shared an up-close ver- uh, visual of the Mexican mummified alien babies and posted, Mexico has revealed a never-before-seen picture of the average U.S. Senator. <laughs> that's that's very good. Um, I'm going to say sell. Here's why. I am more inclined to be the bring out your dead guy than the militia guy. In that I, I firmly believe hundred percent without any equivocation that what we are dealing with here is spiritual. And I think there's every bit of chance, every bit of a chance that it, 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 that it comes from demonic malevolence as it does. The demonic malevolence is divine providence judgment. You see this, Throughout the scriptures, when God's people fall into idolatry, he lets idolatrous nations be the instrument of his judgment. Okay, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man will always reap what he sows. The Israelites come to, to God and say, we, do, we demand a king like everybody else. So we gave him a king that looked the part, right out of central casting, tall, strapping. But he was vain, shallow, narcissistic, defensive, disingenuous. So what did he give him? A king. 
just like everybody else. And I, I think it is, and if that's the case, then I would be more inclined to go full John the Baptist. Because really what you're asking me is, what, what's next for me if and when I completely give up on the political process? What's next for me is just full John the Baptist. That's what's next for me. Because I actually think that we're, we would be in a position that that kind of rebellion, if, if, if I'm right, is similar to the mistake that the, the Hebrews made with Je- in Jeremiah's time. That Nebuchadnezzar wasn't the problem. They were. He was just the buckle of God's belt when daddy took it off to spank them. And that the more that they rebelled against the judgment that they deserved, the worse that judgment they received was. And that I, at this point, I, I think that we are much more in need of mass repentance than we are mass revolution. That would be my read. Could be wrong, though. I've been wrong before. It's a good question. I'm kind of surprised it's never come up before. I didn't have an immediate answer to think about it. I had to think about it. Next up, Paul says it's currently more likely that teams from four different conferences will make the college football playoff than even two from the same conference. I'm going to sell. Um, you have the Pac-12 has too many top teams and they're all going to play each other and they will all knock each other off. Uh, I um, Ask me this question again after Florida State plays at Clemson. They still have to play at Clemson. Um, You're still talking about Texas, which has a history of... We're talking about a program that in the last 15 years has averaged about seven and a half wins a season. So I'm going to sell. I think those three teams in the Big Ten East are so much better than everybody else on their schedule Although I'm starting to waver on Ohio State a little bit. Starting to think maybe Notre Dame could get them in a couple of weeks. Todd, what do you think? Uh, Sal, we just got done with week two. Play some games, please. That Uh, too. Coming up next, we have a submission regarding Trump's campaign strategy in Iowa that we will talk about. I think it's it's an interesting quandary uh, and interesting submission that, uh, that we will discuss coming up. Okay. All right. Um, am I the only one, by the way, that's kind of getting squishy on Ohio State? Well, no. I haven't seen them play. And when I, when I, I say I, squishy, I'm talking about, is this a team that will go to a major bowl game at 10-2 and two or win the national championship? I mean, let, let's, let's put this in perspective. We're not talking about them going like 8-4 and four or something, okay? We're basically saying, do they lose a game before they, before they play Ohio State? Or, I'm sorry, before they play Penn State and Michigan? And I'm starting to think that they might, actually. They seem underwhelming uh, right now. By but, their standards. But remember, last year... You came this far away from losing to Illinois. So, I mean, it, and then look what you did. So, it just give it time. It, again, it's week two. All right, we'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold next.
All right, back here with Hour 2 on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erz, and he's Aaron McIntyre. You are you, and maybe one day we'll find out. If you take advantage of the SteveDace.com inbox, you can email the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. That's at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. If you're a podcast listener, we appreciate you very, very much. Please show your appreciation for us, if you wouldn't mind. Bye. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you that have done that already on the podcast platform of your choice. We're approaching 10,000 reviews on iTunes. So we'd love to have that uh, barrier crossed if you'll help us get there. And... Make sure to hit to follow if you're on iTunes or subscribe if you podcast uh, our show elsewhere to make sure that every new episode we do shows up in your feed every time we do so. Thank you if you've done that for us too. Thank you to our friends over at Sweatblock. They are the proud sponsors of this part of the show. If you struggle with excessive sweating, maybe that's because you're going to be out in the heat, but not like in a work or workout capacity. Uh, it's going to be an event, company event, uh, a wedding. Uh, And so you want to have extra protection against excessive sweating. Maybe it's a high adrenaline event, a public speaking, a date, a first job interview, et cetera. Um, Make sure you check out our friends at Sweatblock. They're antiperspirant wipes. That's kind of the OG product that kind of launched them and gave them their street cred. Uh, Those are absolutely fantastic. They have a, a, a whole line of products, including their own deodorant. I love the deodorant lotions. Uh, Just Phenomenal products that absolutely work against your excessive sweating. And you'll get 20% off with the promo code DACE when you go to sweatblock.com. Promo code DACE for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Again, promo code DACE for 20% off at sweatblock.com. And with that, let us continue on with more by Seller Holt. We continue with Bama conservative who says Team Trump are doing the opposite of their intentions in Iowa. They're telling his base that he's light years ahead in the polls and the primary is over. And he's telling those on the fence that they aren't that important since he isn't really campaigning in that state. I mean, that's kind of true, but it's it's true everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had a Trump rally in since July 4th. Was that the last one? That massive one in South Carolina? Uh, let's see. I mean, what, what happened at South Dakota was not a Trump rally. That was a GOP political function. Um, I, ch- I, I haven't checked in, in a few days, but as of last week at this time, there was not a single campaign event on Trump's website calendar. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing this everywhere. I mean, he's not really campaigning at all, like anywhere. Right. You know, so... Do I say that I don't I'm selling that because it's it's too myopic to Iowa or am I going to buy it because I think it's it's true even but but even beyond Iowa. I think in general you are seeing these conflicting messages that they're not really campaigning anywhere and uh, behaving as if the thing is just totally and completely over. It it really blows my mind too. I I I am fascinated to see you know that's probably something I shouldn't say. But I will anyway. Say it! Okay, I, I yes, Mr. Kennison, I will. Um, I, I am just fascinated to see people, colleagues of ours in our industry, just like tweet out 
like real clear politics polling averages and stuff every day when they were the exact same people that said we couldn't believe the polls that we were going to lose 40 House seats in 2018. We couldn't believe the polls that Trump was going to lose in 2016. We had to unskew the polls for Romney in 2012. But again, you know, that's that's where, as I've said before, I'm I'm still doing sports talk radio. Nothing's really changed, you know. I'm still doing. The teams just aren't called the Yankees and the Red Sox, or in our case, my you know provincially Iowa State. They're not called USC and UCLA. They're not called Michigan and Ohio State. They're you know they're not called the Dodgers and the Giants. They're not called the Celtics and the Lakers. They're just called the Republicans and Democrats. And there'll be a very small sliver of people that will do real and and and, and this is true in sports that will give you unfettered analysis of those situations. Most people, because of the high levels of emotion that are instilled in both of those uh, particular sides, will fall into one of those particular emotions and or they'll just play play to them because that level of emotion is what drives um, profit. You know, so, but um, they're not just doing that in Iowa. So does that mean I buy it or I sell it? What do you think? I think you sell it. Because it's actually broader? Yeah, it's not right. a unique to Iowa. All right, so if you're selling it, uh, it's a good take. If you're selling it, I'll buy, so we split the baby okay. in half. Okay. Next, I'm going to change this a little bit for Exodus. Uh, McCarthy is essentially just doing the system's bidding by launching an impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden so that they can eventually take out Joe Biden. I don't believe that's his intent. I believe his intent is to uh, patronize you. And to uh, this is the ultimate shiny object to be distracted um, when he sells you out and funds everything that is truly your enemy at the moment. That being said, I kind of have the same question on this one I had on the last one. I agree that this is true, just not for the reasons that are implied here. I don't believe it's his intent, but I think that that has, as there is a far, far greater, like 3,000% greater chance that that's how this thing's going to turn out than Joe Biden's going to get removed in the United States Senate. And stop and think, last week, Props to John Zamerick at the stream for, for point. He, there were only a few of us that pointed this out. He was one of them. The whole thing with Barack Obama smoking crack with a white gay man that he may have had sex with was simply going to do nothing but generate sympathy for Michelle Obama. So first, let's generate sympathy for Michelle Obama. And now let's give the Democrats the off-ramp to dump Joe Biden, the dementia patient. Why do we do this? I will answer that for you. I'm going to warn you, though, as with many things we say on this program, you will not like the answer. Nevertheless, I will grant you the answer. Why do we do this? Is it because we're nothing but a grift? No. There's too much grift in our business, but we're not nothing but a grift. That's not entirely fair. That's going way too far. Is that fair? All right. Okay. Uh, is it because we just suck at this? Well, we do, but that's not a, that's an observation, not an evaluation. I mean, I'm going to tell you why we suck at this. The reason why 
is because we don't have any credibility on issues. In 2012, after destroying the Democratic Party in the 2010 midterms on Obamacare, we nominated for President Mitt Romney, who came up with Obama's worst idea before he had it. We are now watching Anthony Fauci admit that the COVID jab has myocarditis before Trump does. We are now watching Gavin Newsom express regret for lockdowns before Donald Trump ever will. By this time next year, when they're not busy putting him in prison, they'll be blaming him for the poisonous jab and calling him a big pharma tool. We aren't credible on the issues. We, we put too many people in power that are not serious about our issues. And so we can't talk issues seriously. Most of the Republicans in Congress are terrible on our issues, and that's when they're not openly opposed to them. And so we are only left, you know, th- there's only two methods of attack. Well, I guess you could say three, but I would say two and three are basically the same There's only two methods of attack in politics, policy or personal slash trolling. But I kind of would view trolling and personal kind of the same, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the attack is either personal or it's policy. And we lack credibility on policy. In fact, we've got a guy running for president right now that has done every, virtually every policy we've ever said we ever wanted. And on a fairly large stage, Florida, and every day I still receive at least one email telling me he is a neocon shill, George Bush the third. And if I'm getting notes like that, my goodness, what do you think other shows that the host is not openly supportive of DeSantis is, is, is are receiving? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which would make you think that's what everybody must think. That's what's in my inbox, right? So we're not serious about issues. Most of the people we vote for aren't serious about issues. Trump actually has serious issue accomplishments. He like runs on almost none of them. Like when was the last time you heard Trump take credit for overturning Roe? I've heard him do it. It's just been a minute. Most of what you hear from him is just personal attacks or witch hunt. Except in this case, it actually is one. Actually, in his defense, in many of the cases, it was one. <laughs> we're being honest about that, okay? So while we're being honest, let's make sure we're being honest every which way but loose here. It, it kind of was a witch on almost every time he said it was. So there's that. Um, but that's why. We, we don't have credibility on issues. I mean, every every <laughs> we have too many people that are nationally prominent that people have too much invested in from a platform, from a, a grift, from an access standpoint that we can't have a serious prosecution on issues. I mean, we can't even have a serious prosecution on Ukraine. The most visible Republican in America, Mitch McConnell, is out there attacking Biden for not doing enough for Ukraine. My old boss, Ted Cruz, voted for this scam right out of the chute. With the same talking points we hear from the, uh, from the regime. Oh, well, this what, we can't afford the rise of another Soviet Union. Because, yes, a guy that has not been able to conquer Vladimir Zelensky in a year and a half, he seems poised, Todd, any minute now to reconstruct the Soviet Union. Come on. 
So, I mean, we don't have credibility on issues, guys. And that leaves us then to just make everything personal. The problem when everything becomes personal is you have to have really high favorables to withstand the backlash. And if you don't, then people end up resenting you every bit as much as they do the person that you're personally attacking. You exhaust them. Does it sound like a familiar at all? Evergreen. They, they, they find you exhausting. Um, they, 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 they'll turn on you even when they shouldn't because they'll just stop looking at you critically and just make the decision, I don't like this person and I, just, I don't like how they present themselves and I just want to move on. I can't think of anybody or anything in our current zeitgeist that I just described. So let's not, let's not belabor the point and move on. Next, we go to Lizions, who says Rogers retires. Bye. All right, make the case. Uh, you're 40. This is an Achilles. I mean, it, it makes sense, which is probably why I should have sold. Um, it, it's <laughs> that's just, why I wanted you to go first. Here, here, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, agree, disagree, don't like all the things that Steve said before, but he does think he listen. He's more of a critical thinker than most players, most fans, even when he gets it wrong, and he does. Uh, and if he critical thinks on this, he'll retire. That's a good answer. I think this is a, a flip of a coin. I'm going to take the other side, even though I like your answer, just because I think it's a flip of a coin. I think he's also a very prideful man. Yeah. And the idea of the lasting final image of his career is getting carted off the field. I mean, the last two times we saw Aaron Rodgers play football, at, we, it, it was walking off the field in Lambeau basically saying goodbye to the franchise that made him and then walking onto the field at the artist formerly known as the Meadowlands and then getting carted off within three and a half minutes of the game. And I, I just wonder as a prideful man, is, is that the way he wants to go out? Is that his lasting image he, that he wants that to be? So I will sell but I, I think that you, we both make a good case here. I, I think this is just observing him from afar as an individual. Um, you know, no wife or kids and none of that kind of stuff, you know. So I think this is just really all about him on an ego level. Has he had enough? And will he take it as a sign that it's time to move on with the rest of his life? Or will he say, there's no way I want to get punked out and go out like that, you know? Like Tom Brady came back, the Buccaneers were not as good, but man, statistically, he had one of his best seasons last year. So he can say, I'm good now. I'm good. You know, can Aaron Rodgers, if, when Aaron Rodgers is 50, 55, he's going to wake up and say, man, I can't believe I went out on a cart. That's how my career ended. And it wasn't like in a playoff game or something, but or the Super Bowl, it was the first game of the year. I... I would imagine there's going to be a war within his... He's going to be visiting some sweat lodges, looking for some visions of, of, of where to go from here, I would imagine. 
Uh, there's this one that just came in from Gary Klein. You must ignore all of the connections to the party establishment to vote for DeSantis. The lack of public employment and career connected to Fox News and lack of attacks from the left. I went and checked out his profile and he really believes this. First of all, that last statement, the lack of attacks from the left. There are entire montages out there of left-wing media and left-wing politicians freaking out about him. The guy went and served his country in the military and then became a prosecutor. And if you're a Trump person, what you're basically saying is that Trump helped make an, an establishment hack the governor of his own state. Ron DeSantis was such a terrible governor of his state that Trump moved his entire empire from Manhattan to Palm Beach. I, I just don't understand that. I, I don't understand where someone's accomplishments. Notice what's missing there. Have you noticed what's missing there? No accomplishments at all. There's no accomplishments there. I mean, he's been governor. What did you think that he did every day? What ties to Fox News? They've actually been very pro-Trump here for the last four months. Like, almost none of that's true. I mean, I, like, almost none of that is true. Like, factually not true. Like, not, not a difference of opinion. Like, factually not true. Like, sky is green. Okay? Um, you know, rice is steak. I mean, just things that aren't they're just not true I don't know I, I mean I'm sorry but actually you should tell me you're sorry because you just came on my show and asserted a bunch of things that aren't true and you know how much I am really fond of when that happens let's talk about the stuff that you ignore to keep your Donald Trump fetish going if we're if that's the standard what what's being ignored Hey, my goodness, you guys are exhausting. Top 10 Tom Cruise movies. Let's just wholesale what buy a seller hold. What a segue. I'm the master <laughs> at segues. Not. Number 10, Mission Impossible franchise. Number 9, The Outsiders. Number 8, Jerry Maguire. Number 7, Tropic Thunder. 6, Last Samurai. 5, Days of Thunder. 4, Rain Man. 3, Top Gun Maverick. 2, A Few Good Men. And 1, Top Gun. And I'd want to see the cutting room floor on that. Well, I mean, his star-making role, Risky Business, is not on the list, you know. Um, the one he got nominated for an Oscar, Born on the Fourth of July, not on the list. Um, but overall, Minority Report, very yeah. underrated movie, not on the list. The one he was in with Emily Blunt, what's that one called? Oh, I mean, that's uh, Edge of that, Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. That's a, you want to talk yeah. about extremely underrated yeah. movies. Yeah. And it's not just because, you know, I love me some Emily Blunt. That is an extremely underrated film. I'm with you on that. Um, I Even the Spielberg War of the Worlds he was in, I recently watched that about a year ago. Rewatched it on a whim. That's right. That's underrated, too. That was better than I remembered it being. You know, so is Days of Thunder on the list? That's where he met yeah. Nicole Kidman. That's on the list. Eyes Wide Shut on the list? Color, no. Color of Money. Color of Money is really good with Paul so Newman. So you guys are selling. I mean, I'm going to buy. That's still a pretty good list. Okay. Yeah, We're just talking about the, the cutting list, room yeah. floor is pretty good list, too. Yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good list. I'll buy. Yeah. 
Once again from Bama Conservative, if DeSantis does not win the primary, his best option would be to push the Florida legislature to allow three terms for his governorship. I will sell. I would not advise that at all. I would advise to finish your term, go, you know, well, there ain't much left for him to do. I mean, after this last legislation, uh, legislative session that they did, but Democrats will continue to present more opportunities. I would advise him to finish that term aggressively and you'll be just 49 years old and we'll see what the condition of the country is in, yeah. in 2028. And I don't think any of us at this point knows whatsoever where we're going to be as a country, given the current trajectory and the track we're on Agreed. at all. But that's what I would urge him to do. Next, I like this one. Sam W. Tucker Carlson's show in square, in square quotes. Uh, his show on X is just a Joe Rogan podcast without the influence of marijuana. I, I'm good. I love the analogy, but I think it's way off. There is far more substantive conversations happening most days on Joe Rogan's podcast than what we've seen from Tucker on X so far. Far more. Far more. And I say that regretfully. Regretfully. So. Uh, do we see all I don't know how often does Joe Rogan put out his podcast daily it's a daily podcast so mm -hmm. that, so, that, so we don't we clearly do not see all of the people and the stuff he's talking about so I'd imagine we get a lot of news of the weird as well so yeah that's true know. too yeah sure bye Tiny Johnny says, in a bold move to get back at Steve for all the gay references, Lindsey Graham is going to send a video of himself sprinkling pumpkin spice into his pants while wearing a Wolverine's uniform and reading from Nefarious. Bye. That would if do you it. think like Steve's threatened by that in any way? No, in wrong. fact, I'm... No. I'm, <laughs> yes. Talk I'm, to I'm me. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, okay. I mean, I, I've... Price met. <laughs> Let's do this. Right. Next. Priceline.com. You sold. You got it. All right. Hee-haw, the Viking King, or I'm sorry, the Viking. Uh, the release of Stage, uh, Sage Steel, cannot talk all of a sudden, from ESPN, puts the pieces in place for a 30-minute late 80s, early 90s daily sports center style show on Blaze TV. Mix of her, Steve, Stu, Hillary, Jason, etc. Well, first of all, I believe she left on her own. I, I think so. I, yeah. I think she won her lawsuit against them and then just walked yeah. away after she proved her point. Similar what happened with me in Sports Illustrated when they tried to pin me as a racist and a bunch of stuff, and I beat them at that, and they took it all back and rehired me, and then I resigned. Okay, I just wanted to I I wanted to prove my point, and then once I did, I walked away. That's kind of what she did. Now she walked away with a lot more jingle in her pocket than I did, <laughs> right? So props to her. Okay, but she earned it too. So I'm ec I'm ecstatic that she did. But I think that's a tremendous idea. Now I'm not staying up to do it. Not with my schedule. I mean, the amount of money that the Blaze would have to pay me to quote the great prophet Deion Sanders, I have to put me on layaway, all right? What it would take with the schedule I'm already keeping to take my nights away to get up to stay up and do that, the Blaze wouldn't pay it, and I'm not worth it. But conceptually, I love your idea, so I will buy. I like it. Yeah, bye. Next, Tyler Bruder. Things straighter than Lindsey Graham. Number oh five, gosh. Justin Verlander's curveball. Number four, male figure skating. Number three, Frank Conferter from Rocky Horror. Number two, Tale of the Dragon Road. And number one, Scoliosis. Scolio, come on. Gosh. I've uh, got to sell, man. 
<laughs> Justin Verlander is a first ballot Hall of Famer. What do you mean he's not just out there just throwing straight curveballs for 20 years? You what made are you this talking bet. about? You made this bed. You sleep in it now, Steve Days. That's why you, I've got to reject you that. Buy. Buy harder. Well, Justin Verlander is going to be one of the one of the greatest pitcher, a, right-handed pitchers in Major League Baseball it's a, it's history. A, it's a compliment to Verlander. His curveball is really, really not straight. Oh, okay. I, made it, I read it the wrong way. Okay, my bad. Because I was also looking. At, there's a straight character in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, I just that threw me off too. Okay, I I read it opposite. My bad. My bad. Okay, that's on me. My bad. Okay. In that case, it's brilliant, and I will buy. Makes total sense now. Okay. Oh, I bought. Yeah. Uh, Jazz Charles, the lighting color behind Aaron needs to change from hot pink to a color that is dude code approved. Technically, it's not hot pink. It's red and blue, but it comes when you together. mix them together. That makes for pink. I guess I never noticed it before. Yeah, I haven't really thought that much about about it. Who sent that to you? Jazz Charles. Is that a dude? I, I have no idea. I mean, is it a dude code violation to be the first dude to point out that that something is hot pink? I think that's a dude code violation. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If you're the first, if you're a dude and you're the first to come forward and say, isn't that hot pink? I think that in and of itself is a dude code violation. Here, here. It's a little bit like maybe the other dudes know it's hot pink and know what hot pink is, but you darn well know you are not, you are not referencing, acknowledging uh, that hot pink is, is, is available or in your presence. So, I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say about me rubs off me and sticks to you. Hmm. Well said. Thank you. Token White Man says, this is for Todd, baseball was baseball when a quality start meant a complete game victory. Well, closer, yeah. By, there was just a stat about a pitching staff. Who was it? I'm sorry, I'm not but... Yeah, 70s, 80s pitching staff, and then the percentage of oh, it was I think it was the Orioles, uh, Orioles staff in the 70s. And when they the, had all the 20 game winners, and how many complete games that they threw? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just about dudes being dudes. I mean, there's no this is people were lamenting in the NBA uh, on sports radio about the NBA, which isn't even there yet, but about like, the continued problem with load management. And all of the, you know, the ways and the schemes and how you can Jenga this thing. It's not, it's about manhood. That's all it's about. There's no system that you're going to contrive. You had a, you had a world with Michael Jordan over my dead body. I'm playing. It's a matter of principle. It's about core character. These guys are more about, uh, they're just, they're softer. That, that, that concept is meaningless to them. They don't care. Where Larry Bird and Michael Jordan could come up and look them in the eye and call them assist. They wouldn't care. They're just soft. They've grown up on video games and excuses and nonsense. Social and, media affirmation. Yeah, so don't ever no, overlook that. This is where, this is where every, every argument you're ever going to have with my generation, mostly about Michael Jordan versus lebron james there's there's multiple ways you can come at it for me this is as fundamental as anything michael jordan is just a hundred times bigger badass full stop than lebron james has the capacity to be and this is part of it he's gonna play he's gonna shut you down you, you give him any nonsense he doesn't care who you are he's not going to give you your day he's just going to beat you that's the world we live in. So you're right. Absolutely. Steve, you got to take on this. I don't know that I can top that. I'll just add this. Kevin Durant 
and Kobe Bryant each ripped out their Achilles at about the same age. Yeah. Kobe Bryant, it took Kevin Durant 567 days to come back and play basketball again. Kobe Bryant was back in eight months. I think that kind of Col- speaks to what you're talking Kobe about. Kobe Bryant is kind of between yes. those two, and he made, yep. a cho- he made a choice. I mean, uh, he talked about it a lot later on in his career, and I think he realized he was drifting the other way in the life he was making, and then he just dialed in. And he used to talk about the people he used to call, how did you do this? How did you become so intense? And he kind of became a guru about going the Michael Jordan way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to the NBA, I want to have a respect for the ability and athleticism that we see. The players make it entirely difficult, incredibly difficult for I me completely to do agree. so. I do. I think they're the greatest athletes on earth, and they're also the most annoying and obnoxious. All right, before we get out of here, a word about our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. We have a special treat for you. It is the Sune Illogico Malbec never-before-imported gem from Deep in the Malbec Mountains of Argentina, 9,000 feet of altitude. You can't beat it. Third highest vineyard in the world. Highly rated at 91 points. No fining or filtration done, preserving its true natural taste. Also boasts a staggering 10 times more at resveratol, so it's good for heart health as well. Bonner Private Wines is the sole importer of this amazing Malbec. We've arranged for you to get a bottle of this exclusive wine by visiting bonnerprivatewines.com slash D, becoming a member today. But act fast. This Malbec sells out quickly. If you visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve, you'll not only get other wines for over 50% off, but free shipping as well. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. 50% off and free shipping at BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Powered by Blaze TV, Blaze Media. Thank you all for tuning in. This part of the show brought to you by our friends at Eden Pure. If you've got stubborn odors in your home you just cannot get rid of, now put them to the test with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. It gets rid of strong odors from cooking to litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, even that mildew smell in the basement. No match because it doesn't cleanse, it doesn't you know, just air freshen the air, it cleanses it. Starts working within seconds to clear the air in any room and to purify it. These things work so well. They have thousands of five-star reviews. They've sold over 350,000 units. They have been extremely popular in our audience since they came on board a little more than a year ago. And you can save over $200 right now on the three-pack for whole home protection and get free shipping. So get the three-pack for under 200 bucks, all three units for under 200 bucks, and free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve, EdenPureDeals.com with the discount code Steve, and that's the discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. Let's welcome in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. It is good to see you. Let's uh, begin, Daniel, with uh, the latest on the jab. Uh, today, um, uh, this is actually going on, I believe, as I am talking. I saw you live tweeting it. 
Uh, Florida's uh, public health director, Joe Latipo, making an announcement. They have they have been the only health department in this hemisphere that has told any form of truth about these jabs at all. And we would view them as cautious by you and I's standards, but they were willing to throw caution to the wind, comparing them to everybody else. So so they have been recommending for well over a year now not to give these shots to young adults and teens. Mr. Latipo has. My understanding is he is now recommending not to give these shots to anybody other than seniors, basically, that are the most vulnerable to these viruses. Is that is that what Florida is recommending now? Not exactly. A little bit more nuance than that. So they affirmatively recommend against all uh, all forms of covid shots for those under 65 and and over 65 i mean if you read between the lines of what they're saying nobody should get it they just say you should talk to your doctor and then they're going to put out guidance that healthcare professionals shouldn't lie to seniors and make assumptions uh, about safety and efficacy and need to understand some of the latest research. So he was talking about the subclinical myocarditis studies. He was talking about the negative efficacy and where and that he thinks that's actually more of an adverse event, a safety signal more than a data point in efficacy um, and also about, you know, some other adverse event issues as well. Um, obviously, the lack of trials, the, the the measuring antibodies from a freaking mouse. Um, Moderna's trial showed one serious adverse event at a 50. So, uh, yeah, I mean, good time, Steve. But but here's the question. How are we two and a half years into more data on this than anything in the history of anything we've known? And we have one governor one health director in the entire country venturing even one tranche in this direction, much less as far as Florida has taken it. You have every other department of health that I can see is still actively pimping the shots to varying degrees. Especially in light of this data, uh, Alex Berenson combed through CDC's own data, put this out uh, earlier this morning. That according to CDC's own data, 1 million mRNA COVID shots for teens will prevent anywhere from zero to one COVID deaths. However, they will cause anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 side effects. That's negative efficacy, more than negative efficacy quantified there. I mean, that's a democidal kind of a product that people ought to frankly be put on trial for producing and then regulating and approving for the public. And that gets to you. That gets us back to your question. Why? And the only thing that I can think of is that we live in a, in a truthless era. We live in an era of idolatry. And when it comes to politics, really all that matters is idolatry. Yep. And, and, and if a narrative goes against my idol, particularly at a time that I need to be idolizing him or would profit me to do so, then I, I just have to... I mean, you have Sebastian Gorka out there, you know, posting clips of uh, Fauci admitting that uh, teens can get myocarditis from the jab. Is Mr. Gorka going to demand Donald Trump admits this? You know, or, or and so- you have some other friends of ours tweeting out clips of the ASIP committee hearing from CDC approving it, but not about DeSantis and Latipo's roundtable they just did. Like it, it's 
it is okay to say DeSantis did something right. Yeah. You know, that 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 is okay. We kind of need to pressure the other 25 or so Republican governors to do the same thing. I, now, I would say just to be fair, I don't think it's only Trump. I, I you know, the listless. No, my point whole, is, I think it goes on every side. No one, tell yeah. me, what's the constituency? There, that we cannot form a constituency that at this point in time, we cannot form a constituency to go after this that doesn't impede on somebody else's constituency. You see what I'm saying? That any constituency we would form would get in the way of somebody's in somebody's yes. idol. That's what I'm trying to say. And I only picked on the Trump angle of it because we have no power. You and I were, I won't say with who, but you and I were on a skull and bone society call this morning with conservative leaders. And you made this point. We have no leverage with Democrats. So why do guys like you and I try to pressure Republicans? We have, they won't, they, Democrats don't care about us. If anything, they you know, are fine just extinguishing us. We have, we have to go where we have leverage. So yes, on this yes. show, I'm just talking about Trump because that's where we have leverage. But we would, th- yes. this would be the same thing if we were working at MSNBC or CNN the other way around. Everybody's idol here gets in the way of the truth. Maybe if a guy like RFK Jr. had decided to run as an independent and make this like his number one battle cry, you could have uh, amassed a, a base of people to, a, to, to thwart the political idolatry. But within the current contemporary political environment in which we have, there's just no way to build that critical mass because the idolatry gets in the way. I mean, look, the inflation doesn't exist if we have our political soap opera. We got impeachment, so the border is not a problem. Correct. Nothing is a problem, and that's what it does. It erases self-evident truths uh, because truth cannot subsist together with idolatry. And and I think this is very important, uh, you know, because I'll get some emails the other direction where people are like, and Trump is such a cancer. Look at what he's doing. Look at how he's changing our people. They wouldn't be OK with this. But now they are. Obviously, I voiced that before, but I could wait out Trump. I mean, whether he wins or not, I mean, it won't be more than four years. This is a systemic problem that predated Trump sure to a is. large extent and continues. So let's talk about Christine. Do, do we had an election where we 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 took the House of Representatives away from Barack Obama over Obamacare and then turned right around and nominated for yes. president the guy that gave him his worst idea before he had it. And then we couldn't run on Obamacare for the next year and a half and then wondered why we lost that election. Nothing. This is why I always say, Daniel, nothing's, nothing's changed. New. Nothing. No paradigms. Now, Trump has shifted some foreign policy paradigms for sure. And I'm very thankful for that. But our domestic political apparatus is entirely intact. Nothing's changed. The cake is the same. It's just the frosting is zanier, but it's the same cake. And the conservative movement and influencers and media is the same, too, in that they are a protection racket for the Republican Party rather than using their access to influence them. They don't want to be bothered by straining relationships so i mean look what you and i were talking about earlier today i've talked about on my show all week is in south dakota we got this victory against this carbon capture insane chinese blackrock backed pipeline sucking up carbon dioxide i mean it's just a mentally ill idea it's just as even crazier than the covid shots in some ways and i mean steve it doesn't get sexier than that a red state stealing fourth generation land in order to put a green new deal pipeline to suck out carbon carbon to grease the skids for carbon neutral i mean it doesn't it doesn't get bigger than that backed by blackrock backed by china but there were just a handful of us engaged in that and it was a little bit bizarre because that's the type of thing that's like you, you know steve when you see these california bills 
you know, we're going to let out the people on, on death row out of at a prison and we're going to put people in prison for recommending against the COVID shots or something. Crazy things are like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to get out of there. We can't do anything. But then you hear these things in in red states and. You know, with a lot of ties to some very prominent up and coming Republicans. And I would think that's that's your moment. I mean, this is your Esther moment. You got your in there. You need to voice your opinion. Dead silence. They only influence what they cannot influence. It, it's just so bizarre. And that's what this tr Biden impeachment represents. No one understands it. No one cares about it. It, it. It's not like, you know, you listen to Chip's. Chip has a three and a half minute clip encapsulating our rallying cry as best as anyone could ever do on the issues people care about. And I think listen to that and then listen to the Biden crime family, which we all understand they are, which one's going to land more. And then obviously on the budget, you have leverage with uh, zero funding being the default, whereas with impeachment, there's no default of Biden being temporarily suspended pending a Senate trial. No, he remains there. And from the whip count, it looks like he will be acquitted 85 to 15, whether you like it or not. And, you know, Personally, I spent 15 years trying to get out a lot of those people or prevent them from coming in to the Senate. But, you know, it was, it was a lonely battle. It's going to backfire. But we satiate ourselves with empty calories. And then on the issue that matters, in the way it matters, at the time it matters, with whom it matters, where, where our influence would land mm -hmm. and exert itself, crickets. So, Daniel, what do you think about... We're going to win the black vote by retconning Barack Obama as a crack-smoking homosexual with a fondness for white meat. Thoughts? So first of all, I'm I'm outside of Baltimore, so I was actually thinking of running for office now because you know I'm told a D plus forty district is really like an R plus forty district. Hey man, so, if you if you go full blackface yeah. and just walk down a black neighborhood, there's endless. Yep. I mean, white boomers are just waiting to throw you their money. Waiting. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, make I it no rain. Excuse. It'll be like the champagne room on the Vegas Strip, brother. You bet. Go ahead. Yeah. People always ask me to run. I'm like, look, I'm in a blue area, but I guess I'm wrong. It's kind of kind of a red area. But uh, look, the, the the reality is this. I was actually heartened by Tucker's interview because I said, see, I, I look, Steve. The most Daniel Horowitz thing ever. Okay. Well, I was actually heartened by the fact that, uh, that, that Tucker interviewed a toothless white homosexual who had gay sex while smoking crack with Barack Obama so, once. So the problem is I never got a memo. There was this memo that went out that we're all homosexual now. So I never got that memo. So I, I've been, as you well know, I've been. This conversation broke Skype. Did it break Skype? Skype, we can't have this. Yeah. He's heartened. He's heartened by this. That That is peak Daniel. Well, I was heartened by that Tucker interview. Let's try to get him back to finish that point. We have some breaking news, by the way. It is a true end of an era. Thank goodness. Mitt Romney announces he will not run for another term in the U.S. Senate. Do we have Daniel back? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Finish your point there, Daniel. Go ahead. My bad. You wait till the best part. So yes. anyway, I was heartened by the fact that at least at this point, 
it's a negative. I mean, I didn't know there was any problem. Like, oh, do you know that Barack Obama did sodomy? Right, we got Rick, like, Rick, Rick Grinnell, uh, top Trumpista, is using yeah. homophobic as an attack in a GOP primary, for goodness sakes. So, so yeah. I, you know, I, I, I was pretty, well, I was like, wow, I, I guess, Tucker, I guess you believe that that's kind of a problem. Um, but then, but then the second thought in my mind was the fact that, okay, so, and this is the thing about conservative movement. They're always like a deer always looking behind them, never looking at the present and the future, always fighting yesterday's issue. So you now have the log cabins, and I thought they were defunct, taking over Mar-a-Lago. Okay, so they celebrate the imposition of gay marriage on red states, Biden's bill. Carrie Lake was there. They're all there celebrating. Rick Grinnell's like, you know, flatulating at everyone, every conservative calling them a homophobe, calls DeSantis a homophobe, um, says that really... Uh, you got the Bruce Jenner stuff that it's only a problem with female sports, but otherwise gender is fluid and we need to deal with that. The ultimate form of grooming, normalizing that behavior on the hard right, not just the Republican Party. So, hey, Tucker, like, aren't you a little bit uh, intrigued by uh, what uh, Bruce Jenner is doing down there in Mar-a-Lago? I mean, isn't that again, isn't it more relevant when you have the fire in your own home, in your own temple? I mean, isn't that a something more abominable, but also more redressable? I mean, it's within your sphere of influence to deal with it and nothing. And again, this is the embodiment of what impeachment is. They're looking at yesterday's grievance. Oh, man, you know, they impeached Trump for nothing. And it's they're the ones that did the Ukrainian fraud. And they're right. But as we stand right now, is that the best issue and strategy to fight for what we believe in at this juncture. Well, see, no. that's that is where it, in the larger context, the answer is no. From a monetary context, with the limited sliver of people we actually talk to and represent, that answer is yes. And we'll add, we're out of time, but I want next week. I want to talk to you about something we discussed here the other day. That when I started my career, I had to push back with the truth against the establishment pushing narratives that the actual data of politics and demographics of politics proved was wrong. And they were just doing this to keep control of the party because they'd rather lose to Democrats than lose to people like us. Right. I did that show for the first 12, 13 years of my career. What's yeah, happened now what, yeah, what, is example. a perfect example. What's happened now is we flipped. And now what's happened is. In, in, the, in the MAGA era, now we do content that is deceptive to our people about the truth of politics and what actually wins elections because that fuels our narrative, which is to keep that gravy train going. Yeah. And so I, I went from having to diffuse lie deceptions from the establishment that now I've got to go, I've got to confront deceptions in my audience that they're being exposed to by people that supposedly are part of like the same industry and stuff that I'm a part of. That That's the number one thing that's, that's the one thing that has changed. But nothing or else Maga really has. Inc., the new establishment. Well, that could just be it. That could be it. Thank you, man. Good to see you. Later. All right. Thoughts, gentlemen, on that conversation quickly. Got about a minute. Well, actually, I'm... The conversation from Daniel was spot on as ever, but going to briefly Mitt Romney. I mean, his assuming he's done. I hope he's done. He's just well. He what, has been known to change. What? But this goes to what you say about what was he? He failed at everything. He failed as an establishment uh, leader and poster failed child. Failed as the next Reagan. He, he, failed as I'm to the left of Ted Kennedy. He, yes, uh, yeah. he was supposed to be like the counter now, he, the edgy counter. No, he failed at that. Just, just a 
waste of a political career. So a Republican. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. No, I mean, he is, he is the, uh, he is Republican concentrate. That's, that's what Mitt Mitt Romney is. He is Republican. Make sure you tweet that later so I can share it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he is. I mean, he is the face. He is the essence. He is, he is the soul of the GOP. Yeah. In many respects, he is. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.